0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Reap the Spoils. I'm Mark Sullivan.
1: I'm Delilah Lugo.
0: Jason Kwasnicki here. Today, we're all recording from our own individual cabins at Whispering Rocks Summer Camp. (laughs) And we're here to talk about a video game. What video game is that?
1: Psychonauts.
0: Uh, Oh, yeah, cool. I I I realized I didn't actually say like who's gonna say the name of the <laughs> you game. You didn't
1: choose, so I just I just I went with it.
0: Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, we're talking I also about sky nuts,
1: huh? I also get uh, bottom bunk. I don't want top bunk. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. Yeah. So, uh, I, last episode, if you listen to the last episode, we promised the Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword, and that's still coming. Uh, it uh, unfortunately didn't. It it took a little too long to come from the UK nice for for Delilah. That's all right. Technical
2: um, errors, sorry. yes.
0: Technical, I, I, yeah. Leave it up to the uh the the mail service, the Royal Mail service, as it were. Um. So yeah, Skyward Sword is still coming. It's just coming a little later, and we decided. Well, we were going to do Psychonauts next anyway, uh. So we just kind of shifted it forward. So we're doing an episode on Psychonauts, uh, because Psychonauts two right around the corner, probably. My most anticipated game of uh, of the of rest here. of the year, yeah. I I, well, well, I I'll get into that a little more as we talk. I actually have to I have to move this up. I can't do it anymore. Um. Yeah. So uh, Psychonauts. So before we move on, read the spoils spo- monthly spoiler cast. We spoil the game. We're talking about Psychonauts. We're gonna spoil Psychonauts. So if you've not played Psychonauts, go play Psychonauts and then come back and listen to this episode. Um, I, it's not a long game. Uh, I even yeah, dare okay. say the story is like not too crazy, uh, but it's still always worth playing the game first and then hearing what we think about the game. Um, yeah.
1: Also, if you're an audio listener, Mark is wearing the resputing goggles.
0: Yeah. that That's what I mentioned. I had to, I had to take them off. I was talking about the goggles. Uh, if you want to see me wearing... Raz's goggles. Uh, go check out the episode on YouTube. Um, yeah, that that's that's all for there. So yeah, are, I guess are we ready to get into a, a history lesson for psychonauts?
1: Yes, I'm ready.
0: Jason, you've been really quiet so far. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Feel like you're always actually really quiet during the intros. That's fine though.
2: I like to let you roll, man. You you do your thing. You do so much prep work for this stuff. You gotta bask in the glory of it.
0: <laughs> Thanks, pal. Uh, OK, so psychonauts made by a little team called Double Fine Productions, formed in the year 2000. Um, they were formed by a man named Tim Schaefer, who worked at LucasArts for either the better part of a decade or just over a decade. He was at LucasArts for a long time. Apparently Jason did not know that. Nope. Yeah. Tim Schafer is, uh is is was a, a a pivotal person for for LucasArts making lots of um seminal uh point and click adventure games uh including but not limited to um Day of the Tentacle and Full Throttle, Grim Fandango. Uh he was he was instrumental in, in making LucasArts a lot of l- treasured LucasArts point and click adventure games. He left in 2000 formed Double Fine. Um, and the idea for Psychonauts actually was conceived during Full Throttle's development. Uh, there was a cut segment where the main character was uh going to have hallucinogenic, um, or like psychedelic, like a psychedelic experience or whatever on peyote, and they wound up cutting that because it was a little too uh mature for this family-friendly game. Um, so that idea kind of that was cut but he kept it in the back of his head and it became it became psychonauts i thought that was interesting
1: i would say it's still pretty mature (laughs) without psychedelics
0: so it's it's weird uh... you're talking about full throttle or
1: no no just the game itself like if they had gone with the the if they had gone with the peyote yeah without that's mature explicitly but this game is also mature
0: (laughs) definitely without the the yeah the psychedelic like drug use and whatnot it's still it's still like the game is rated t for teen right it's not it's not rated e10 or e what's up jason
2: i would say i I don't know if i would say mature so much as in many ways and maybe a slightly more mature it's sort of like shrek right? Work can be enjoyed by all ages, but
0: true. you have sure. to be
2: older to get a lot of the shit that's going on in there.
0: So Psychonauts, you know, it had it it had like a long dev cycle. It was it was in development. Well, it was in active development for about two years, but it was kind of in the works for about four and a half years. A lot of that had to do with uh some of that had to do with the publishing difficulties. So Microsoft was originally publishing this game. It was originally going to be an Xbox exclusive.
2: Yes, um, I remember that.
0: Yeah, and they that the person that was kind of pushing for this game left Microsoft, so new management came in and was cutting uh, all outside Microsoft Studio games that they were publishing. They 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 cut them all. And Tim Schafer, despite his best efforts to try and make sure they kept funding it, uh, I think there was like a cutoff. Like if your game was supposed to be coming out uh, later than two thousand four. Um that they, that they, they they didn't want to keep, continue bankrolling it and Tim Schaefer was like, Oh, but it's coming out early twenty uh two thousand five. Um they 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 still cut it. So uh, I also found I also um read that I believe Will Wright uh I'm fact checking that as I go. It was the former it was one of the yeah, Will Wright, one of the um founders of Maxis um was helping to keep the the company afloat for a long time just get, uh, giving uh Tim Schafer money to keep the keep the studio lights on which I thought was interesting um but yeah Microsoft dropped the game eventually Majesco uh picked up the publishing rights to publish the game for Xbox and PC and it came out on April 19th 2005 later getting ported uh, from a different port studio, I believe the name was Budcat something, uh, for PS2 on June 21st, the same year, 2005, and then it's been ported and released. Did you, say, did you just say Budcat or Buttcat? Budcat. Bud is in Budweiser. Okay. Yes. Yeah, okay. No, but not Buttcat. Yeah. Um, I was, but I was yeah. hoping
2: that would be an unfortunate name for a public company.
0: <laughs> Yeah, the uh and the game the game's been ported like several times. And you know, it later came to uh, uh still on PC but came to Steam, got ported to to Mac OS, OS X, uh Linux, got Xbox backwards compatibility. Uh it came it got a PS2 release on PS3, it got the PS2 release on PS4. It's been ported a lot. Um cuz it's kind of one of those uh cult classics uh dare i say indie darlings uh indie for its time i guess uh but yeah psychonauts was the was the first game of the uh, now prolific double fine productions so mm. yeah. that uh that goes the history lesson the brief history lesson i want to give for psychonauts nice um yeah quick anecdote it it was it, on on the topic of tim Schafer um leaving lucas arts and, and and forming double fine i went to uh an exhibit for video games at the franklin institute in philadelphia a couple years ago and they had a small section dedicated to tim Schafer, including a copy of his uh his um job application for lucas arts and he basically wow. drew a comic of him working there. And <laughs> it was just really, really charming. Really, really creative. Like, that's the kind of shit that people might do now. And it's kind of common. But, like, at the time, like, that was super unique. And it, it was yeah. his application so cool. to apply to LucasArts. I, I thought it was super cool. Um, And, you know, besides that, it had lots of concept art of his time at LucasArts. Concept art of Psychonauts, which I was geeking out about. Um. So yeah, just thought that, thought that was cool to bring up. What a guy. Yeah, what a guy. Yeah, um,
2: that, that personality really does come out. Not just in this game, but most of the stuff he works on.
0: Yeah. So uh, speaking of this game, we ready to, uh, to jump right in?
3: Yep. <laughs>
0: right. Let's do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface this, and, and I really hope you guys liked this game. By the way uh, if you haven't played again final warning, if you haven't played the game, spoilers ahead, pause the game, go play the game, then come back and listen um yeah, I really hope you guys like this game. this is one of i i apparently you guys didn't know this prior to us like starting to play it. This is in my top ten games of all time i yeah i I, I know
1: I didn't know that for yeah. some reason yeah
0: i I love this game, it is one of my favorite games of all time i we're gonna talk about a lot of its shortcomings. I, I knew
2: uh, I knew that's why I'm going into this. No matter how I felt about the game, I had to be gentle with this one. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't be too hard.
0: No, I mean you can right? Like because I definitely I saw um, this. Oh one no, no no no! I, I will not
2: hold back for criticizing. I just gotta be gentle.
0: <laughs> <You> got <laughs> soft soften the delivery.
2: The I got to caress. Yes.
0: <laughs> um. This one. This one uh, critic reviewer uh reviewed the game. I'm not actually sure how long ago this review was written, but I saw that he he stated that Psychonauts like has to be viewed as a flawed masterpiece, and I think that's a that's like the perfect way to describe this game.
2: So a lot of people describe, and I'm kind of loath to make this comparison because I think that Dead Stranding is objectively a bad game and this one is, this This is not a bad, a bad game, but I feel very similar coming out of this game, uh, in the same way I did after we played Death Stranding, um, where I'm torn between things I loved about it, things that last night I had to stop playing at one point because I was about to smash my controller on the ground. Yeah. And as we have talked about prior to recording this, and we'll get into further, uh, letting the hours go by and thinking about it more. I think there is definitely parts of it that are on the fault of the design of the game and there, you know, it can't be excused by external factors, but there are to be fair, some things that it's just, you know, the game aged as well. And many 3d platformers of this kind haven't to, of that generation to be fair.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I think that there's more about this game that I like than I dislike. And I think the parts about it that I like, I really, really like. Then the parts about it that I dislike, I really, really dislike. So, yeah, I agree (laughs) with you 100%, Jason. Um, And, yeah, I think it's a product of his time. But I, I think overall, and we'll get into gameplay, if... There's a game like Mario, obviously it's Mario, but like I think of Mario 64 and how that's a really old game and the 3D platforming still holds up till this day. So like you can definitely tell that there was a smaller team on this and it was there wasn't as much like money going into it so that they could like clean that up. But I really am honestly looking forward to Psychonauts 2 to see how they learned and how they like adapt more modern 3D platforming uh, to this game because it has a lot, a lot of charm to it.
0: Yeah, Jay- Jason looks like he's ready to talk shit on Mario. No, 64. it's just it's funny. It's <laughs> yeah, it's funny she brought up
2: Mario sixty four because I was actually thinking, um, about Mario sixty four a lot when I was thinking about things at age versus things that are just bad in and of their time. And I think some aspects of Mario sixty four hold up, but we'll we'll get into it later but on. It's, yeah,
0: it's yeah, it's funny. It's funny that that game is brought up. Like Katie, my my significant other uh tried playing that game when we picked up 3d all-stars and she didn't play for more than 10 minutes because she couldn't stand it she couldn't stand oh, it's, how, it's... how it played and and like i'm finding that there is more of a divide between people that think that game is aged perfectly and people that think that that game is unplayable that's like becoming more and more prevalent and i wasn't aware until 3d all-stars came out and i guess it got back yeah. into more people's hands that people are like wow I don't want to play this game. Want to play Sunshine, want to play Galaxy, don't want to play 64. Which is There's a very specific
2: reason. Because... There's a very, and again, we'll get back, we'll get into it further. There's a very specific reason um, that is just a a product of its time. Actually, Delilah's probably very aware of this because she's into the Souls games and this was a prominent issue that came up with Dark Souls 2 and why it's a black sheep and why so many people hate it. Uh, that has to do with Octa directional controls, lack of three, 360 movement, but we'll get into that later. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But, uh, I, I get, let's, let's open up with the thing that everyone's, that, that everyone's here to listen to the spoilers. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about, I guess, let's talk about the ending. So, uh, or I guess the ending, the ending sequence. So we find out, like, pretty much halfway through the game, um, that Oleander is the one that's, like, behind the kidnapping of children of the kids at the camp and taking out their brains and at the end of the game we kind of find out why and it's it's not like it's like a pretty cartoonish reason right like he's a bad guy because of all of his no no pun intended all of his shortcomings throughout his life and there's some pretty uh interesting foreshadowings of that through the game um like in basic braining the very first level you do in the game you come across a memory vault and he openly tells you like go ahead and open that i have nothing to hide and you open it and it's oleander's pride and it's him like going through all these military campaigns and and being a successful man in the military and then if you go back to that world with the cobweb duster there's a there's a vault that's hidden behind one of those mental cobwebs and once you take out that cobweb and you open that vault you find out he, he, he was never in the military. He got mm-hmm. kicked mm-hmm. out of every place he went to because he was short and chub, uh, and chubby.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And like he, the, the memories that he pushed on you to view, claiming he had nothing to hide, they they were completely falsified. And you find out that he's lived this miserable life, and it's kind of just led him to be to to want to seek world domination. Which it, 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 yeah. again, it's really cartoony, but I think the motivations there are really good. Um, for well, sure. it's a common,
2: yeah, it's a common theme throughout the entire game is that pretty much everybody has a backstory that you're digging up as you go through their prescri- perspective levels. So by the time you get to that, it's kind of no surprise that Allian- there's more to Aliander than yeah. the big villain. You know that there's going to be some quote-unquote demon that you're going to have to massage out in the- we'll, for we'll- the final level.
0: We'll obviously talk more about it when we start talking about our favorite, our, our our the levels and our favorite ones and whatnot. But like a lot of a lot of a person's psyche is really reflected in the level design. Mia is very uh, stuck in the 70s and her her mind is a groovy dance party. But she's a teacher, so it's also a training course. Same with Oleander and similar with Sasha Nine, how it's a it's supposed to be a a, a firing range. And then you get to a character like Boyd and he is like a huge conspiracy theorist and you kind of envision this board with yarn connecting different things and you go out to the level proper and it's all twisted and and wild and you have certain it. points connecting with others it's 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 genius but we'll talk more about that when we get there um but yeah with oleander it's it's just i love the foreshadowing of of how you when you if you do go back and you open that second memory vault and you find out that like the mind that he's projecting for everyone to come into is totally falsified the battleground that first vault that he tells you to open the even the figments it's all fake um yeah. he's, he he made it entirely out. and the only the only true part of that level uh is the very end where you find the hallway with the the blueprint behind the curtains and it's for the the psychic death tank. Um, I I just think that's so cool.
1: It's pretty cool that he's one of the few uh, minds that we that seem to have control over itself, whereas the others like it seemed like their minds were kind of all over the place and you were just kind of like peeking into it.
0: I would say the instructors are the same way, too. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah. One of the few, and then and, and uh, the instructors, the three teachers that you do go into the minds of, they're they are the most well constructed. Um, yeah, they have their sh- they have their shit ostensibly together, except for arguably Sasha's. But it's it's but also you could argue that, that 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 it's entirely intentional. It's it's still a training ground, so the chaos of it is meant to be controlled chaos. I think that yeah, even be something he says, um.
1: Also, anyway. speaking of the foreshadowing that you mentioned, I was wondering, it was one of the earlier levels where I was just like punching a piece of steak, and I was like, why am I, why is there steak here? Yeah. Like, what is happening? And then you find, you don't find out till the end of the game that like Oleander's dad was a oh, butcher. Yeah. yeah,
2: I didn't, I did not piece that together. That's a good catch. Yeah.
0: There's a few things that I actually had to read up on and kind of understand because, like, with, with things regarding Dr. Lobato and the brain tumbler experiment, I was kind of confused. That's like, what it was well, wait a second. Yeah. And I was like, well, wait a second. Like, we're if we're in Raz's mind, there shouldn't be meat here. And then I in reading, I found out that the brain tumbler was actually kind of it like it's not perfect. And it was kind of forming psychic links with Oleander's mind. Uh, as well, which is why Lobato was there, which is why Raz saw, uh, Lobato taking out the children's brains. It was, he, he was forming that link with Oleander because, oh yeah, this was another, this was the main reason. If you're out exploring the camp and you get close to one of the loudspeakers, you hear Oleander is sleeping. Yeah. Throughout the, throughout the entire day, during the daytime when you're in the camp. That's how that psychic link gets formed. That's right. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm he's sleeping so his mind is left to wander and the brain tumbler experiment is picking that up and kind of merging raz and oleander's minds like even before they merge for the meat circus at the end
3: Mm
0: -hmm. um i'm gonna say this a lot but so cool uh
1: (laughs) yeah there's a lot of go on go go on I was just going to say, there's a lot of conversations that are completely optional to stumble upon that if you kind of just yeah. rush through the game, you don't appreciate. And I feel like I like paid attention to a lot of them, including one of the characters rambling for like 20 minutes. Uh, that was very worth listening to. I forgot what his name is. Um,
0: uh, is it the guy with the that has like the nasally droning voice?
1: Yeah, he was like, oh, I, think, I went I think to that's the... Vernon. I think I, yeah, that sounds Vernon, about right. Man. He was rambling about like literally nothing for 20 minutes, but I was like, oh, my God like I got to listen to this and I listened to all of it until he looped back and told the story all over again to the girls. Um but anyway, yeah, there's you learn a lot more about the characters by listening to the conver- optional conversations, by exploring the camp and I wish I would have done more of that to get more of of an idea of what who these characters are, but I did I did get some of it and it it's really good. I I just yeah. wish I would have spent more time.
0: Well, and it's also it's it's especially tricky because you'll some of those will pop up and they're totally missable. But they'll pop up in between levels. So like after you finish uh, um, the first brain tumbler experiment, you can go out into the camp like during that whole section, like you're in you're in Sasha's lab and you can do the brain tumbler experiment. Then you do his level. Then you do the brain tumbler experiment again. And in between each of those steps, you can go back out into the camp and you can find new scenes with the campers. That, yeah like you that are otherwise completely missable and just get like these these cute little backstories between the campers, you know, who's in a relationship, uh who's beating up and bullying who, uh what these what these kids did yesterday that God, like, what was the name
2: what was the name of the kid that kills all the squirrels or Dogen
0: Dogan.
1: Yeah, the,
2: the first one that loses his brain. Whoever voice acted that kid, oh man, that was so sad. I off.
1: love Dogan. So yeah, much. that was
2: like the fun, that was probably some of the funniest stuff in the game was just his scenes because <laughs> of the voice actor. The voice acting was so like it was, I don't want to say deadpan, but like he maintained that tone like yeah. so that it, it just it was it yeah. almost of like Patrick in, in, in like a Spongebob episode yeah. where he's just so even though the character isn't necessarily stupid because the voice just remains constant and there's no like reaction it's like he's just like Whatever, stupidly responding and almost ignorant of what's going on around them.
1: Yeah, and I love that the blonde, the blonde little girl that has a cru- that has a crush on Nil, who's like totally just peering at girls all the time. She like is telling him all her problems, and he's just there like, uh. Yeah, he's
2: the one that's the, the guy, the guy that's always standing by the girls' window, like yeah,
1: yeah,
0: he's yeah, yeah. into the ladies, yeah. yeah. Um but anyway, okay we're we're jumping around. Um <laughs> yeah. What were, we, what were we talking about? We're talking about Oleander. Um so you you how did, how did you guys feel about the how did you guys feel about the the only like besides the camp I would say that this is the only actual level. I wouldn't even call the camp a level cuz it's more like a hub that you can explore, but the right. asylum at the end is kind of like the only real world level because it actually has like obstacles that you need to traverse in order to move forward. The camp you just kind of run around. There's not really anything to overcome. The asylum is something to overcome. How did you guys feel about climbing the asylum?
1: Uh it was it was fine until some platform stuff that yeah. like I had to like stand on this ledge the on, on the side to yeah. like jump up to a higher point I, I couldn't figure that out for the longest time so i spent more time in this game honestly figuring out what to do than actually doing and that and really think, annoyed me
0: i think that is like more old school like I, I i always hearken like metal gear solid to being the same way and and silent hill those games the length is o- the length for the first playthrough is always going to be like the longest one right because it's it's the playthrough where the, the length is kind of Um the length is kind of indicative of how long it takes you to figure things out, right? And any playthrough you go back to in the end or later, you're gonna you're gonna do it in a fraction of the time because you know what to do. You know where to go, you know what you know what has to be done, where it has to be done. So um yeah, I I I agree. Um I, I was even surprised at how much I like you're like in sections of the climbing the asylum, I I I was like I there's no clear path on how to move forward. I'd get on like a ledge and I'm like, where the fuck do I jump to now? I don't actually know. Yeah. I, I realized a little late that there were some nets that you could climb on, and I yeah I, like or not not nets but like you know um bars like there were the, like
2: crossbars between the concrete yeah crossbars. yeah
0: yeah yeah thank you um it was like shit like that that you could climb on. I realized that way too late
2: um this brings up an an interesting example of uh something of its time versus like something how it's aged versus intuitive design so you could use this asylum level for both instances so you were just talking about you know not knowing where how to go where to progress um i think a lot of that has to do with all of us now have been playing games for a couple decades and as game design has gone on. a good example of this is, say, how Naughty Dog designs their levels. Use subtle color differences that you wouldn't really notice unless you're looking for them, but you, your eyes kind of intuitively are drawn away from the rest of the environment to it so that you know where you're supposed to go to climb. Yeah. Um, you see this in The Last of Us Part Two. You see it in all of their recent games. Um, and this and I- is something that is widespread throughout level design.
0: I versus
2: back then, everything kind of just blends together.
0: Well, I think Psychonauts sort of had that. It was more, um, it was like more pattern design than it was color coding, and right. And color coding is a lot more obvious. If you see something that's yellow, that's the thing that you can climb. With this, I'm not even talking. I'm not even
2: talking about that, it's it's just the subtle colorations of oh, things yeah. like, it's not even that big of a difference I know exactly what you're talking about, where like they'll make something like a bright color so you instantly look towards but it's like, pro- it's progressed so much over the course of the years that in the last of us 2 they'll use like different shades of gray one next to each other because they know yeah, yeah. the science behind the optics of what your eye will be drawn to, but you won't really know that you're drawn to it it's a more psychological thing. Um, yeah.
1: No,
0: I, 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 get, I get what you're saying. Delilah, go ahead. Yeah.
1: Now I was going to say, and adding to that, not just with color, but also camera pans, like usually a camera will pan a certain yeah. way to kind of give you an indication that you're going to go that way or to add to it, um, you'll have to have done that mechanic in an easier, more obvious way in the beginning where you know, okay, I need to do this to get, from point A to point B, because I've done this before. Whereas this game, I feel like every level like was so different that it was kind of hard to find a pattern that made things easier to, to find, which I'm, o- I'm okay with. But there were certain ones like that ledge one in the asylum where I was like, I've never had yeah. to do this. And, with- and I, I would and have never known up, if I... That if brings I up the other example I was going
2: to use. Something that is definitely part of the design and not... So what I was just talking about is just a matter of, you know, how games were at that time, like I was saying before. what Delilah just brought up up is part of the design is how much the camera will shift on its own randomly and how much goddamn fucking clipping there is especially when you're dealing with buildings and indoors and the reason I laughed when Delilah brought up Mario 64 was because I specifically was going to mention like Mario 64 with four yellow buttons had a better camera than this game (laughs) because at certain points in this game your 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 camera will literally just go behind a wall, and you just cannot see anything. Your your yeah, entire field of view will become a wall.
1: Especially apparent in the Luchador <laughs> level, um, <laughs> where like there were certain like as you were avoiding the bull in a hallway, if you went in a certain like like section, it would just pan all the way out to like this gate, and you couldn't see where you were going. Yeah. So yeah. Once again, like just a product of its time, but also like you can tell not that many people like worked on this game. So like I'm not trying to like shit on this game, but yeah, they were also it, it, trying it's...
2: to make it cinematic. It, like well, it, I... it was, they were trying to do something that wasn't that common at the time. Um, really, the game that kind of perfected this at that time would have been like the first God of War, where it did a lot of the same kind of camera movement things. Well, not a war, but has like the lever... absolutely
0: no camera control.
2: Yeah, but I'm talking about the swinging and the panning as you're moving. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um,
2: but the thing about God of War is that because the levels were so much more wide open, where is in this game, a lot of it is like indoors or in tight spaces, uh, so you just get that clipping naturally.
0: Yeah, I I don't disagree with that. The other thing that I do I do want to make sure uh, is brought up is that this was Double Fine's first game, um, right. It's also it was also I believe I'm pretty sure it was Tim Shape Besides like Grim Fandango Grim Fandango was a 3D game it wasn't just like a two-dimensional point and click adventure it was 3D but it was still just a point and click adventure it wasn't mm. like a 3D platformer This was kind mm. of the first foray into a 3D platformer um for for him and for that studio and it was also their first their first game uh, and, it, and and not for nothing, but it had lots of like funding difficulties, like I brought up in the history. Yeah. Lesson. So like, not yeah. not to completely forgive them for a lot of the unaddressed bugs, because you know there no, are a lot. You're just of describing.
2: Bugs. You're just putting yeah. out the descriptive reason for like why it is. You're just it's like right. that's you have to understand. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. Um, but I don't disagree with any of that. There's actually um in uh, an uh, Easter egg time uh in Longfishopolis. If you go to Skyscraper Island, there's a specific building where if you go to like the fifth window up and you pan the camera around so it clips behind a wall or a mountain. Um one of the one of the developers uh put a photo of his girlfriend hidden behind that mountain. And if you if you pull the camera you can see it.
1: Wow. Um, which
0: is just a really it's a really cool random Easter egg. I I thought I
1: That yeah. is cool. Yeah. yeah, you could tell it's a smaller team because even at the end credits, they show a picture of all of them sitting together and it's not yeah. that many people.
0: I think, I think the, if I remember correctly from my research, it was about 41 people in the studio, including contractors. And then there were other mm-hmm. outside contractors and things like that, that they had to hire, obviously. But yeah, it's... It, Early two thousands, it was a small team. You know, there's lots of it's reasons just, for the things.
2: Like you mentioned with God of War, like I think one of the reasons why they're so much more successful with that style of camera work is specifically because they took away control of the camera from the player. In this game, you often feel like you're fighting the camera, uh, and I think that's the core issue.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree. Um, okay, we back to back to story.
2: <laughs> yeah, keep getting yeah drone
0: Yeah. Climbing the asylum but yeah. By the way, my, my all that stuff aside, my least favorite part of the climbing the asylum were those damn uh, rats.
1: Oh God, yeah.
0: They were like the
2: worst I,
1: part, and they never stop spawning.
0: No, and, and
2: this is something that annoyed me too because I at first I was shooting them, but they still explode and they do so much damage and they confuse you yeah. and whatnot. And then I had I saw online later that you can just burn them and they don't explode. Oh yeah, and I'm like. I'm like, how does that intuitively make sense? <laughs> well, and I, I mean, it's... it's. Oh, go on.
0: What you mean from the concept of how does lighting them on fire make them not explode?
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, okay. I mean, like, I guess, yeah. I do feel like there's like a lot of experimentation to be had with like the 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 psi powers that you get. Um, That's the part but... I liked
1: about it. Yeah, but, like, I, I like
2: that, be... but I simultaneously at some points it frustrated me just because like the just like, didn't... things didn't work.
1: Yeah, well, I mean,
0: I, I never felt it was uh, that I never felt that way. I felt like if you if you did try like it did work, um, it just in the right scenarios. But the, I think the bigger problem is the game never really forces you to, like, think differently about how you tackle. Like the enemy variety isn't isn't quite there. You know, most of the enemies you fight level per level are sensors and they all pretty much function the same way. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, Waterloo level had like an interesting enemy with like those port- those walking cannons where you yeah. could attack them and then you could use pyrokinesis to completely blow them up and stop them, uh, which I-, I think is one of, if not the most creative general enemies in the game. Um, I think that like whole level
2: enough... was the best use of the powers yeah yeah like I, that, I I thought yeah yeah, switching But we'll get we'll eight... get into the levels later, yeah.
0: yeah switching between like pyrokinesis telekinesis uh levitation th- like there was lots of uh power switching in that level, but okay, getting to the top of the tower um you trick uh you 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 wind up tricking um dr Lobato, good Lord uh you wind up tricking him with and you saving Mr. Pokelope, which by the way, if you take if once you get Mr. Pokelope the turtle, if you go back to the camp, you can interact with every single ki- child as long as you've gotten all the kids' brains back, you can interact mm-hmm. with each one and they have something unique to say about mr pokelope if you if you show the, him to them.
2: Don't worry about yeah. a damn thing. Yeah, that's one of the
0: so many so many missable things in the game. And yeah, how did you guys? How did you guys like Mr. Pokelope?
1: Yo, he's so funny. Okay. Uh, did but you one hundred percent this game at all, Mark?
0: Uh back in the day, I didn't. I didn't do it okay. this time. I I came close, but I didn't. I'm I'm I might dabble a little more. I think I'm like Cy rank ninety seven or ninety eight. Um, okay, because there was uh, like, like this, because
1: I didn't plan to 100% it because I was so annoyed by it. But um, and it, there were no achievements attached to it. So I didn't get any reward from my work. Uh, <laughs> But there was this secret ending. I don't want to say if you yeah. haven't done no, it, but it. I did look it up. Yeah, oh, okay, it. okay. Wait, wait, it's I didn't mis- even know
2: that. I'm gonna get spoiled on my own spoiler cast. What is this?
1: Yo, you're not gonna go ahead and get all the figments. No, I'm not. In it. <laughs> yeah,
2: you guys can talk about it. I don't care.
0: Some of some of the figments are a pain in the I actually I haven't watched it recently. Um so go ahead and talk about it. Well, hold on. Mr.
1: Mister...
2: Let's let's, let's, let's talk get the about Mr. We keep getting we keep getting sidetracked, yeah. yeah.
1: It's about Mr. Pokelope though.
0: Alright, go ahead, go ahead. What's
1: Mr. Pokeylope is uh is uh the, the fish's husbando.
0: Oh yeah, uh, oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. What's her name? Linda? Linda? Yes. Linda. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: Which um, is funny. Just. Yeah. She's all like, oh, I'm ugly and fat now. Stop it. And he's like, oh, I'm so lucky, like baby. <laughs> it's, like, it's just like, he's the best.
2: Yeah. The voice yeah. acting was spot on. My When I was playing it last night, my fiance came in the door from work and she's like, oh, wow. I, I, she, she was like instantly drawn to She doesn't play video games or anything, but like. Yeah. She thought I was like watching a movie, like a anime, oh, like Shrek or something. Yeah, the voice acting was <laughs> spot on.
1: Amazing. Um,
0: all right, so yeah, you rescue Mister Pokelope Um, I can't stand Shigor, but like neither I mean, can she's, I. She's hardly in the game for very long, which I guess is a good thing. Um, I don't really like her though. But you rescue. I I feel like she's pretty unremarkable. We can just honestly keep going. Um. You rescue Mr. Pokelope. You rescue Sasha and Mia and Lily and Oleander shows up and they think they've taken care or taken him out. Oh, and, and Kruller, Ford Cruller has like the. I, I love that he can't leave his underground base because his mind would be so scrambled without the titanium. So he just straps some to his back and then flies out. I thought that was so yeah. badass. Um, that was funny. Yeah, I, I really, really like Ford Kruller. Um Same but they think they think that they've taken out Oleander and his brain gets into one of the brain tanks. How'd you guys feel about that brain tank fight?
2: I thought it was cool the way it utilized, made you utilize the powers. And mm-hmm. again, like whenever a running theme, at least for me throughout this will be whenever the game de-emphasized platforming and focused on puzzle solving and switching between your powers... Was when I thought it really, really shined.
1: Um, and I thought, in terms yeah, the gameplay. I thought that boss fight probably did it the best of all the others. I can't think of yeah. another one that, like, you had to like switch between the I'm you know pyrokinesis and. Before good. we
2: move on, though, because you you skipped over this point of how the tower explodes and you get to the tank fight. Oh well, yeah, Boyd. This Tim Schaefer, the writing for this is so on point. How everything comes together and interweaves, like, yeah. because. Each of the asylum mates like contributes in a different funny way to yeah. the ultimate explosion of the tower, and then the boy's just like, "Hey, you guys want to share a taxi?" And like all the asylum inmates, after they inadvertently blew up the asylum, just take off.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um. No, it's a yeah. Good, the, good to bring the up. The one guy
2: breaks the gas tank, and the other one turns on the spout for the gas, and the other one just throws a Molotov cocktail. It's it, it all just yeah. comes together,
0: yeah. Yeah. Um. Yes, I, I think, and I, going back to the boss fights, not not even so much switching powers, but just like using them in creative ways. I think all the bosses do that really well, except for like the first boss, which I know we'll talk about because Delilah had a lot of frustration with that boss and and you know it's the first boss you only have the one power at the time like it kind of makes sense that that one's not going to be too creative but i think all the other ones uh are and and we'll talk about those some of them even uh, being like they're they're almost like um zelda bosses in that you get like an item during a dungeon and then you have to use that item on the boss um uh coach amara comes to mind where you get the shield ability during the level and then you have to use it um during the boss fight in order to in order to beat him um but anyway yeah beating the beating the tank raz accidentally winds up getting his brain removed uh by sneezing it out and how did i i, I did you guys um how did you guys like the the brainless the instantaneous like brainless reaction once you lose your brain the first thing you want to go find is tv tv yeah (laughs) do you guys guys get a kick out of that
1: yeah that's i mean you know (laughs)
0: brilliant writing um but glad it wasn't
1: a video game
0: (laughs) (laughs) the um the only way, the the only the only way to get out of that situation. What do you what do you do? You just toss your brain into the brain tank with Oleander, and you create you fully create that psychic link. Because what what are the two brains gonna do other than other than do that? And
2: again, another the- interesting use of your abilities because you have to levitate yourself.
0: Did you use levitate?
2: Yeah, I levitate to throw myself. No, or not levitate. I'm sorry. Um, okay uh telekinesis sorry
0: i was gonna i was gonna say did is can you use by, by levitate
2: by levitate myself i i meant uh
0: no i, I Yeah,
2: I, I didn't i didn't mean like yeah yeah. you know what i meant got
0: it well i i well I, imagine
2: that, that, you that, could just levitate roll levitate your brain you just, is, yeah, like, your that, that brain is
0: rolling that. on the ball like <laughs> i was about to be like wait you can do that because i thought you had to use <laughs> telekinesis holy shit
1: now Same i'm curious if you can yeah <laughs>
0: Let's yeah. go replay the game again, guys. Let's go find out. <laughs> um, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, the Meat Circus. It's a melt. You, you've come to find out that uh, Oleander's childhood, he was he was this like plucky little kid. And he loved bunnies and he had this pasture with a bunch of rabbits and his dad was a butcher that hated cute things and just murdered rabbits in front of him. And Raz yeah. is passed in the circus, the thing that he ran away from to become a psychonaut. You get this meshing of the two and it's like, like, it's fucking horrifying. Like, it's, it's, it's the it's grossest awesome. level um, in the game. It is cool. It's cool as shit, but from, it's like,
2: from gross. like an, uh, yeah, no, from, from an, just a concept uh, level and especially on a writing level because essentially what it is is both the villain and the hero exercising their demons at the same time mm-hmm. so like from on paper like it's fucking awesome execution I this is the <laughs> yeah. point at which I had to stop playing for a while
0: because I was about to smash my controller yeah
1: yeah, that level was really yeah and and
0: there's a you know there's always been a lot of criticism leveled at the meat circus and I feel I feel like pretty much all of it is justified um it's just a huge I like in playing it again I actually had uh, I didn't have as much trouble as I was anticipating which says a lot about how I feel about that level I was anticipating having a miserable time and I wound up having a less miserable time than I was expecting <laughs> um but it's just so punishing there's like the two main sections of it uh there there's the section where you're escorting oleander and go, like, going up and having, helping him to catch the bunny and keeping him from getting mauled by the demon, like, the gross demon bunnies and shit. And then there's the section where you're running the, uh, the acrobatic obstacle course that your demented evil father is forcing you to do. Um, and they're both just like, if you fail, fucking good luck. You're doing it all again. The, the yeah. obstacle course yeah. is actually a little less punishing than I remember it being. But yeah, it, it was really fucking frustrating.
1: I'm uh, so glad that Andrew. before that level, I went to increase my mental health in the in the camp. Because if I would have had less mental health, like right, health period, that's what the health is called.
2: You um, had to go back. I, I, I was able to just turn everything in in, in the actual meat so There's like a guy. Oh, beginning. right. Sorry. Yeah. 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 No,
1: you're yeah, right. You there was it. a there was like a, a tent that you well, could go and, to. You're right. And the, yeah. re- the
0: reason for that is because uh, this is a, this is something that this is probably my least favorite thing about the game. There's a there at once you turn in Pokelope to uh to Shigor, you kind of create a point of no return. And yeah. It says
2: it, but it doesn't give you a choice to go... Yeah, it doesn't well, give you a choice yeah, to go Yeah, it just starts there
0: playing the cutscene. There is an auto-save that saves right before there, and that, that'll always be there, I think, until you create it again. So, oh, okay. like, it does give you... But a, still,
1: it, you could just it, say, yeah, like... it. it, it kind it it of just sucks. Has,
2: this is a point, point of no return. Are you sure you want to go forward? Oh, who cares? Go forward, like... Yeah,
0: it doesn't really give you that option. And and it, it it's kind of... It's kind of silly, right? After you beat the game, you're back in the real world. So, like, why couldn't I just keep exploring the camp if I wanted to? Um, It's it's kind of... It is silly, and I, I definitely don't like that. But it is what it is. But, yeah, the, the fucking meat Circus. It's just really... Yeah, it's really punishing. It's really... Un, it feels really unfair at times. They're just, they're throwing a lot at you, and, like, more than the game has ever thrown at you at once before, and even, like, new things, like, getting the sword throwers to throw at, uh, at the end of a spinning wheel so that you can grab on and swing. Um, yeah. Like, you've never had to do, like, a platforming challenge quite like that, where it's very situational.
1: In and my- I.
2: Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Dele.
1: No, I was just saying I can deal with a challenging, like, platforming yeah. experience, yeah. but my problem is most of the time it's, like, the camera screwed screwed me over, yeah. like, the jump didn't work, and yeah, I, right. I just hate when things aren't responsive like that. It's
2: yeah, just... so that's what I wanted to bring up is that the, what frustrated me wasn't, like, the design of the levels and stuff, because I knew exactly what I had to do. It wasn't, like, a mystery that I had to let the guy throw a knife at the thing, And grab on
0: that it was a mystery. It was just like kinda it was just difficult to do. And there were times where there was so much more than just that happening. So it compounded it even further. And you've it's just such a jump, right? It's 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 a huge jump in difficulty.
2: Well, for me, the the difficulty was because like Delilah was saying, Mm -hmm. I would constantly press X and wouldn't jump off the knife. I would constantly press X and it wouldn't double jump while I'm already in the air. Um, It would be imprecise in the movement. And I don't know this for a fact. I didn't really test it. I should have or should have researched it. But this game felt very much like Dark Souls 2. where, And a lot of other platformers from back in the day that it was made. And that you can only actually, even though you're using an analog stick, you can only actually move in eight directions. So forward, back, right, left, and then diagonally. So that's what I th- I think creates that feeling of imprecision when you're trying to, like, land, jumps, or... And, I don't um, think
0: that's the case with this game. But I don't disagree that the, that it is, that like, a lot of the platform... I, I also seems...
2: experienced a lot of input lag, which I was talking to you earlier. I think it actually might just have to do with the version we were playing... Yeah, because it, mean, it might just be the PlayStation Four how it emulates the PlayStation Two game. I mean, in, that there's so lag general, between the input.
0: In general, this game has been ported a lot. It's had lots of different versions. From my understanding, is that the PlayStation Four version <clears throat> is the worst version you can play, which is unfortunate. And I, you know, I that that's the last one I played. But before I played the um, the original Xbox backwards compatible version on a on a Xbox One X. Um, I played the PS4 version like five years ago, and I don't remember having many issues. But then again, I had a much harder time on the meat circus then than I did this time when I just played it on the Xbox. Yeah. So maybe, maybe I was experiencing that stuff five years ago when I played that version. But yeah, it the, the PS4 version is commonly considered the worst, the worst port or the worst version that you can play modern version that you can mm-hmm. play. Um, so uh, and yeah I I I don't think that it had the 8 direction the 8 directional movement I think it was pretty much omnidirectional but I don't th- again I don't disagree about the the platforming being rough around the edges I don't I I feel like it's one of the That that's just
2: speculation on my part by the way to anybody uh, listening it just yeah. felt like it just felt like it to me
0: that's that's all I, I, I was like saying It's it's like the platforming's not It's not like it's not terrible, right? It's serviceable. It's got issues. It's definitely flawed, um, Mm -hmm. and it definitely it definitely hope hopefully has has seen significant more uh work for Psychonauts two from the footage I've seen. It looks everything from from platforming to combat looks so much more refined, um, which I should hope so in in twenty twenty (laughs) one that that the game the game would be looking you know much smoother, um. But yeah, yeah, it's
1: weird because there were some sections that the platforming worked perfectly fine, but mm. more sections than not were just like frustrating and weird camera angles and sticky and just. I think
2: a lot of it from this game, just looking back and comparing it to its contemporaries. So I'm talking about things like Jack and Dexter, Ratchet and Clank, stuff like that. Notice when you think about those games, pretty much uh, a vast majority of the levels are pretty wide open, um, versus uh, this game where there's a lot of indoor type close quarters going on, Yeah, and I think there's a, a, a fundamental design reason for that, which probably does have to do with camera control.
0: Yeah, I, I, I would say even the indoor levels of all three of those, um, are more, like, get puts you in larger rooms that, so that you have more, uh, more room to breathe. Yeah. There's, like, there's exceptions, obviously, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially once you get into the sequels to some of those games sly 2, uh jack Two, you start going into um, t- tighter tighter areas um I, i'll but also a, a point about now that since you bring those up since we've already kind of talked about it those games were developed by first party studios with sony's backing right this right. game as we said had i will say of, though funding issues
1: if if Somebody acquires Double Fine and, like, future Psychonauts games, or maybe even this one, we don't know, because it hasn't come Mike, out.
0: Mike, if... Microsoft did acquire Double Fine, like, three Oh, years they ago. did,
1: okay, okay, yeah. okay, uh, okay. So, it's, if, it's if really this financial... really funny, they've kind financial... of
0: come full circle.
1: Yeah. Yeah, if this financial assistance, like, helps have that level of smoothness that we're looking for in the platforming and the gameplay it will definitely be one of the best 3d platforms because of the creativity and the voicing and the and and the concept that goes into this game it's definitely more um sophisticated in my opinion than like like you know mario games or even ratchet and clank like which felt like a pixar movie
0: new new ratchet and clank games do feel like a pixar if you if you yeah. want like really good ratchet school clank, ratchet don't and clank. Trilogy. Yeah. but I, I agree with you delilah for sure uh and and for the reasons you just laid out that that's why this game in spite of in spite of it all it's in my it's in my top 10 games because it's so creative because every time i play it it makes me laugh it makes me smile it makes me you know there's a lot of rose-tinted glasses rose-tinted glasses um <laughs> there's a there's there's a lot of of nostalgia behind because i played this game right when it came out and i i adored it in spite of all of the of the difficulties i had playing it at at times the meat circus um i i i just i loved it i couldn't get enough of it uh but we're we keep jumping all over the place um like jason was saying this this final level is is you um resolving the r- resolving the demons of of both the hero and the villain it's mostly though mostly for the hero and i you know, i feel like it should be um right throughout the level you're seeing like this ghostly figure kind of trying to break in to the level do you guys you, I'm, i assume you guys noticed that i noticed out- i noticed
2: that the entire time and I, I just thought it was like an aspect of the level just because of all the crazy uh, shit you see throughout the game i didn't really it. like it kind of—I uh, was actually genuinely surprised when it was actually—it was a story thing.
0: Yeah. I it was
1: Oleander's like mind, like no, it has something to do with the mind melding.
0: It was—it was Raz's dad trying to en- a- yeah. enter or project himself into the, into into the world so that he could help Raz. Mm-hmm. It was Raz's real dad, I should say. Yeah, yeah, not into, his. Yeah, you yeah. run into Raz's dad, and even when Raz's real dad pops in, he's like, "Is this really what you think of me?" And he's, like, he's like, evil Which and crazy I, and demented. I, and...
2: I, I completely called that from the beginning of the game that that was kind of where it was going to end, where, like, what Raz thought of his dad in the beginning is totally untrue. What he says about his dad in the beginning is going to be totally untrue by the end. You can call that, but it, it's like when you call, like, what's going to happen, you know, going back to the Shrek reference, when you watch Shrek, you know how the story's going to end, but it's, it's the journey, how you get there, and all this, yeah. you know.
0: And yeah, um, yeah, he 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 breaks in. You find out that uh, he he doesn't hate psychics. He's psychic himself. He just yeah, exactly. he, wants to, he just kind of wants to shield Raz from the way he's overprotective, right? He's just overprotective, mm-hmm. and Raz took that as as more. He he hates him and just wants to make him suffer in the circus for the rest of his life. And it's like, no, no, no. He loves him. He just he just. He loves him, he loves him so much that he just doesn't want him to, to get hurt and to, and to, and to, you know, he he doesn't want him to get hurt, basically. Did they ever,
2: did they ever, maybe I missed it, did they resolve the whole, we are all cursed, the gypsies cursed us to all die in water thing? Or is that like, just a loose thread, perhaps for future...
0: It's yeah, basically, is a loose threat. I mean, it's it's just like a fact of their family. They they were they were cursed okay. to like die in water. Also, whatever. like a
2: convenient game, a convenient gameplay device. Yeah,
0: yeah, and and you know that's another thing I I really want to bring up. Yeah, it it really is because like they they really saved a lot by not having to give him swimming mechanics at the summer camp by just making him afraid of water, and and it kind of creates when he goes into water, it creates this like this mental image of like something trying to grab him and pull him under uh that he's af- that he's genuinely afraid of and i really like how they kind of reveal that to you um where in me is in mia's um mind when there's the the wheel of hazards and there's like electricity there's fire there's like poison or whatever and then there's yeah. water and you levitate on all of them and none of them hurt you but once you go onto water the levitation ball goes away and raz is terrified
1: and yeah. like him and yeah.
0: Mia even have a conversation about it, and I I I think that's that's so clever and cool, and and yeah, it's such a small detail that I just I just will always appreciate. Totally. Um, but you overcome y- your your father helps you break free of this of this uh perception you have of him, uh the evil dad like melds with the butcher, and they become like. This butcher dad freak monster. The final boss, <laughs> yeah. like it's funny for for how difficult that whole final level is. The final boss is like really easy. You just yeah. kind of run away like until, yeah, yeah. You just you run away until you become Big Raz, and then when you become Big Raz, he's like scared of you, and you just wail on him. <laughs> It's uh yeah. It's like it's epic but it's also in a lot of ways disappointing considering how clever all the other boss fights are. Like maybe if you had to do something to build up your mental energy to become big again rather than just run away and wait for your dad to help you, it could have been more a more interesting fight, but you you just kind of have to run away. I think that's disappointing compared to everything else.
1: Yeah, I agree. But but it was also kind of relieving. I was like, "All right, I had enough of this shit. <laughs> let's just <laughs> let's just punch daddies out. These daddies." Uh,
0: <laughs> but yeah, the, the, you you the minds are separated. Oleander, it, little little Ollie is you know thankful that you've helped him overcome his demons. Oleander, his, that ba- his, dad,
2: his, his dad wanted oh. to chop. His dad wanted to chop up the bunny to eat, which I found really yeah. funny. Of all the animals you can choose to, to butcher and eat,
0: it's, yeah, and it's 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 such a great dichotomy of his character. How his how as a kid he was like this little this plucky little kid that loved bunnies and like had this wimpy voice, and then as yeah. a, as an adult he's like this evil like militaristic di- ang angry man. Yeah, he's, and he's and he's just so angry at the world and like you would never expect you would never expect the child version of him to be like that. And it's it's just very uh A Jungian Shadow
2: man. What you suppress comes back even stronger.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: Um but damn
1: hearing his voice in that me cir- meat circus level when you're like constantly falling or whatever. Yeah. Is so
3: what, traumatizing
1: it, for like, me. Ah! <laughs> yeah he's like ah!
0: he's getting, he's getting attacked ouch by ouch and
1: it's like over and over again i'm like jesus shut the fuck up
0: and then if you fall, it's annoying when you're
2: trying to get it's it's more so annoying because you're trying to get up there and you can't control what the fuck
1: is going up
0: there yeah exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, again it's why it's one of the biggest reasons i say it's so punishing is because if you have to, if you fall you have to fucking listen to that shit for until he dies and then you. Have yeah to- <laughs> um Okay, yeah, you come back to the real world, Raz becomes a an, a, a psychonaut, Oleander apologized. oh, I love the, um, when everyone's leaving, Raz and Lily have their, have their kiss. And, fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> They're kids, I mean, like, what the, the hell? Uh, you find out that her dad, who's the head of the psychonauts. Has been kidnapped, and Aliander's Ollie- immediate reaction is like, "It wasn't me. I was here. You saw me." <laughs> 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 um, and then you find out that they have like a fucking X Men jet, and they all hop in it to go save Lily's dad, and that's the end of the game.
1: Yeah. So do we? Are, do we think we're gonna have well, that mission of saving so her dad in Psycho or No.
0: And this is the brief thing that I realized. I we should. Pro- I should probably at least speak to briefly. We don't we're not going to oh, spend so- a lot of time on it. There was a VR game called Psychonauts in the Rhombus of Ruin that covers Rescue Lily's yeah. dad. Yeah. Um you have PSVR, or I think it's also on the HTC Vive. Uh it's worth a playthrough. It's very short. It's much it's not anything like this game, right? It has the it has psychonauts like it's it's got the psychonauts like filter on it but it's basically uh-huh. a vr first person uh point and click adventure game like straight up there's no platforming there's no I don't even think there's combat it's all just puzzle solving and okay like kind of hmm. moving like you spend a lot of a lot of time like using clairvoyance on things and that's kind of how they help you to move around is you use clairvoyance mm. on a different thing to move throughout the world um sorry i just looked like a fucking robot on video doing that <laughs> um and that that's kind of how you progress through the game. It's really it's really cool. It's really clever, and it's really not that long. Um, and that de- that that takes place in between Psychonauts and Psychonauts Two. I think Psychonauts Two is gonna have like a video at the beginning that covers all the events of the first game and in the Rhombus of Ruin. So if you don't have any means to play it, you, you could probably just get whatever. Uh, sp- I guess spoilers for the next thirty seconds if you just want to hear real quick uh, about it. So spoilers for the next thirty seconds. Dr. is the one that kidnapped Lily's dad. You help him overcome his trauma and you find out more yeah. about Lobato. Because mm-hmm. Lobato, yeah, he's he's kind of a throwaway she's, villain at the end of the episode. He's the, the only one game. that we
1: don't really like
0: mm-hmm. see.
1: So
0: his past is, is kind of explored in the game. He overcomes That's you help cool. him overcome his demons, and you leave rescuing Lily's dad. Lily's dad, dad finds out that Raz and Lily are dating. And uh Lobato is stowed away he he stows away on the jet as they leave. That's in the rhombus of ruin in thirty seconds. okay um, thanks so yeah, it'll be covered at the beginning of psychonauts too, if you care enough um but it, it is worth it, it is worth a playthrough it's it's really cool. okay, we've basically covered the the big story beats, I'd say of psychonauts. Um, so we can just we we could talk about some char- characters. I mean, what do you guys think of raz as a hero did you did you like him? He's kind of yeah, just a teenager I, I he, think- he's, just, he's
2: just kind of like a stuck hero's journey naive God. out to do something with his life. you know he's, he's it's. The Luke Skywalker hero's journey archetype. Yeah,
1: he was the least interesting of all the other characters because. No, I th-
2: I thought it was fine. Like I mean, I, that's kind of the point. I mean, they even yeah. like, I was gonna mention <clears throat> the music at the end when he becomes an. And it's the same music every time he gets a new merit badge. But it's
0: it, a it's
2: literally it, it's literally almost the same exact progression as uh, the finale music when luke and han get their medals yep. at the end of a new hope um which uh, that's why i found it funny that he tim Schaffer worked at lucas arts um oh,
0: okay. okay it also makes
2: yeah. it also makes a lot of sense because this the j- the overall aesthetic and art style of this game draws a lot from like uh old 1930s comics and pulp stuff uh, not just superhero but like secret agent stuff yeah so um no, just really cool um But as for Raz, I mean, there's not like a whole lot to say because he kind of just he's supposed to kind of be generic, which works.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I think his voice was cool, though. It was very 90s, like very 90s cartoon. I believe
0: he uh, he was voiced by shit. Now I got to look this up real fast. He was voiced by. Oh, my God, I can't seem to find it.
1: Well, he needs to stop kissing people's brains. I feel like that's unsanitary. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's,
0: uh, yeah. oh, he was, he's voiced by Richard Stephen Horvitz, who, um, voiced in, uh, he voiced Zim in Invader Zim. That's it.
1: Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. That,
0: that's, that, that's like his, his, like, yeah, he voiced Zim.
1: Oh, shit. Um, I see yeah. it now. Wow. Okay. <laughs>
0: And yeah,
2: well, Zim isn't quite. In that. I thought Zim. Yeah, Zim's
0: early two thousands, right? Uh, something like that. Yeah, uh,
1: that was like.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um. But yeah, same general idea. Yeah, Ra- Raz is. He's like. Yeah, I would say he's the most generic. He's he's the kid that came comes to the summer camp to actually learn. Um, but he does have his own personality. He 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 adopts like. Oh, yeah. Sure. Uh, he adopts like um. Bobby Zilch's like victory thing, like the ank, eh, 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 he adopts that as his own, um, and he kind of he does like the typical teenager thing. The, pe- the the people that you're around, you kind of adopt their personality traits, and you. But he's also there, like he's the kid that's there to learn because he wants he wants to learn. He wants to become a psychonaut. He's probably yeah. the most sheltered out of all the kids there, and it kind of comes through. Yeah, when I narrative. say generic, when I say
2: generic, I'm not trying to. That's not to so, like say yeah, like, it's yeah. bad. I'm just saying it's like straightforward like, like exactly what you're saying like he's he's the hero he's he wants more than what he had in his life at the circus like he's yeah. he's looking at the twin moon sunset I'm sorry I use yeah. Star Wars references in almost every fucking <laughs> episode It's,
0: it's fine you're wearing you're literally wearing a Star Wars shirt right I'm wearing a this. Star Wars shirt
2: yeah exactly
0: um yeah, uh, th- 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 and that's fine. I don't, th- I don't, I don't disagree. I, generic's not a bad thing. It's, it's not. A, if anything, it, it I, works. I put in our notes. I put in our notes asking if he's relatable because I feel like he is relatable. Uh, in yes, our, in, yes, in a very much so.
2: are Tro- tropes um, because they work. A lot of people like don't understand tropes aren't a bad thing, but right.
1: I love how in the the asylum level when you're trying to save Sasha and Lily and and Mia, um, you could just keep going up to Lily, like, cause he could hear her thoughts and can hear that she wants to, like, kiss him or whatever. Mm -hmm. And if you keep going up to her, he's like, oh, so, like, open mouth or, like, closed mouth and, like, he keeps going up to her and, like, so you wanna do this? Like, like, about that make-out and that was, like, the most, like, quirky moment he had. Otherwise he was just, like, pretty.
0: Another. I also
2: love how she's always reading his mind after they're talking together and she like, and she knows that he's reading his mind.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um another like, oh, another shit. another cool detail is uh once you get clairvoyance, um every if you use you can use clairvoyance on pretty much every character that you that you can use it on and they all have like they mo they all mostly have like a different way in which they they view Raz. Um mm-hmm. s- and like Lily's at the end, if you use clairvoyance on her, she views uh Raz as like a knight with a sword and everything. And he's like, cause he's, he's her, he's her knight that's come to save her. Um, mm. if you use it on Sasha. He views Raz as a smaller Sasha. Um, which is, which is, cute. I never even thought um, to do
2: that. That's, that's so yeah. cool.
0: And, uh, like if you use it on Fred, Fred Bonaparte, like he view, he like sees Raz as like, uh, like, like a Napoleon, like type character. Right. um, if you use, if it, you on use it on lip- the
1: little girl in the uh, in the milkman conspiracy level, she sees him as the milkman. Right. Or because I I, every time I looked at her, I saw the milkman.
0: I It might have been the milkman or it might have been one of the spy. I think it was one of the spies. She uses him as one of the spies. Okay. Um. If you use it okay. on like if you use it on Gloria, like she just sees him as like a an autograph, like a note with a pen as if she's about to give an autograph hmm. or a picture with a pen like something like that. Like it's cool if you, you you there's so much little details that you can find uh, just by creative use of powers and just like taking out random items and interacting um, with characters while holding them and stuff it's it's really cool. um what was your guys's like before we get into levels? What was your guy's like favorite character uh favorite character, I guess really overall? Director Ford? Yeah. Color, yeah
1: it's it's kind of not hard not to choose him especially because he has all these like alternate egos yeah. how
0: many times did you guys how many times did you guys use bacon uh very rarely
1: Towards the know. end like more often yeah okay.
0: i actually yeah i had to use it a couple times um
1: you know here's the thing right yeah. i wish i would have known about bacon earlier or like that they told me more about bacon because there were times where i was stuck and all I had to do was eat bacon and he would tell me what to do. And I was like, oh, I was stuck all this time, like in the theater. All I had to do was talk to homeboy up there. Like, yeah. And, and he, he was like, why don't you go talk to that fat guy up on the thing? And I was like, oh, for real? Yeah. Or like he would tell you, like he would tell you how to fight different enemies and stuff like that. If you like didn't know how to yeah. like was, what like, ability yeah, to use. I, com-
2: I completely forgot it was a thing. That's why it's not like I, I, oh, I didn't use it because I didn't need it. I just completely forgot it was there. But I remember yeah. at one point accidentally using it and like he pokes out a ear like, i'm not bacon like you know i was just like <laughs> this character's fucking awesome
0: yeah yeah he's uh yeah he's great and yeah the, the, like the multiple personalities it's because his mind is all scrambled when he's away from the titanium. so he goes out into a certain area and he thinks he's someone else and it's from yeah it, it all goes back to that writing it's it's just so so good um i kind of want to speak
2: uh, before before we leave ford I just want to mention one of the things that really endeared me to him was the cart that you use as fast travel. And oh, yeah. the <laughs> cart assumes you're Ford. And some of the things it says like, are you gonna get me a burger this time? Yeah. It's like, very, very implying some very uh mature things.
0: Let's yeah. let's let's go to Ford's, I mean my sanctuary. Yes, noble psycho master. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> What's uh, I I I want to talk about Sasha and Mia a little bit because in their minds mm-hmm. there's some there's some details you can find like Sasha's memory vaults. You find out that his uh his mother died his mother, yeah. when he was very young and it left his father and his his father was a uh was a shoe cobbler. Um, that's why that's why when you said he was obsessed with shoes, I was like, wait, yeah. What? And then I remembered there's the side with the shoes, and I'm like, oh, that's because his dad was a cobbler, so yeah, shoes were a yeah. big part of his life growing up. Um, but yeah, you find out she passed away, and and you all. I think there's also a there's a memory where you can find like Sasha finding like some something regarding his parents having sex and him being like traumatized by that. Um, I think that's in one of the memories really? somewhere. Yeah, if I recall, there's something about I, that. Uh, maybe
2: I maybe I got I think I got two in there because when I got all the duffel bags or whatnot. The other one was it was like him trying to draw something for Mia to like show his his love or whatever.
0: There is something. There is the, There is um. I think both Sasha and Mia, maybe just Mia, has like a memory about her and Sasha. Mia has
2: one think. too. No, there are two because okay. Mia has one that actually shows their like missions they go out on together. Yeah. Okay. And then there's the picture of her. They land ground and she's on top of him. Now,
0: did you guys find the secret room in Mia's world?
2: No, I don't think so.
0: This is this is the backstory, and again, it goes back to like it goes back to like the same like design with um, Coach Oleander and Basic Braining. How behind a mental cobweb he has that vault that he's keeping away that actually has the truth. Mia has a secret room where she's she's not like she's hiding it away even from herself. And it's, like, really dark and a really tragic story for her. Um, it's, it's in the first section, like, the, the first, like, subsection of her level. Um, if you, like, instead of, like, you know, you know that area where there's, like, the like the thing that's blowing you forward to a ladder, and you use levitation yeah. to get blown forward? Yeah, if you, if you mm-hmm. instead of doing that, if you look down into the right, there's a secret room you can go into, and it's all, it's, it's like, dimly lit, and there's a memory vault in there. And as soon as you enter that room, Mia starts talking to you because you know you're in her mind, and she's like she's interacting with you guys the whole time because you're there for training. Um, so you walk in there, and the and she's immediately like, "Oh, darling, you don't want to be in there. Uh there's there's come out here where the party is." You open the memory vault, and you find out it's called Mia's children, and you find out Mia had like eight eight kids, and. She, they were all super young, and you know she loved them. She was their mother and everything. And one day she goes out grocery shopping, and she comes home, and the house is on fire.
1: Oh wow! And all oh, of her kids die crazy. in that
0: in that house fire. And it doesn't end there. <laughs> there's a there's a chest in there's like a a big chest in the room and you hit that and it opens up and there's like a red glowing light that comes out of it. And she's, and then she chimes in again. She's like, Oh darling, you definitely don't want to go in there. There's nothing happy in there. Come out where the party is. If you jump Mm. into that chest, you basically jump into a room that's on fire with these like, Demonic-looking things all around that are just crying out for 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 Mia, saying like, "Why did you Aww. let us die?" And they're whispering and and Shit. like shrieking and stuff. And it's really fucking dark.
1: That's crazy.
0: No nah, yeah, I didn't even know there was a thing. I
1: kind of wish I would have.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, I, I didn't cob- go back cob- after I got I... the cobweb thing to go because you need it to progress at yeah. a certain point. Yeah, I never went back, even well, though didn't, I knew you did. There meet was the stuff. Cob- yeah
0: you didn't need the cobweb duster to find that room so you could have found that room uh with or without no. it. um yeah it's to, yeah hopefully i mean i should have probably said like hey if you haven't seen this skip ahead two minutes because it's really it's a really fucking cool detail and it's really fucking dark but um it, it this is a spoiler cast oh well <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. no, um, that's
1: I'm glad you told me because I would have never known otherwise. It's not like I'm going yeah. to go back to the game. The,
0: fr- the first time I discovered it, too, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, I was mm. very, very like
1: you would it, think she would have been the one to have world domination. This <laughs> person like getting bunnies killed, I think
2: yeah, it's, it's stuff like that that probably got this game a T rating.
1: Yeah, I mean, even
0: there's lots of there's also lots of references to like, you know, making out because and, like,
2: well, most, of, of, most of, of the stuff is like very, to... yeah, but most of that stuff is very implied.
0: Yeah, where, and,
2: and there's a lot of inference to it where like, if you're a kid, you have no idea really what they're talking about. Yeah, um, that's why I made the Shrek comparison earlier, because yeah. Shrek does the same thing.
0: Well, that's the thing with a lot of like a lot of kids movies is like a good kids movie will also have jokes that only the adult only adults can relate to and understand and get. You know, you you watch a good kids movie, the kids and the adults are laughing at completely different things. But that's kind of the thing, right? This isn't this isn't really a kid's game and it's not really an adult's game. It really it really does fit that T rating and that it's I mean, I played it. I, I played it as an early teenager and I still got a lot out of it and I still get a lot out of it today. Um, so it, it fits that in between very well. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I've, I've really wanted to talk about that with Mia. Cause her backstory, like each character has like such a good backstory. Like you talk, you think about mm-hmm. Boyd and, uh, when you, when you're in Boyd's mind and you, these memory vaults, they're so, they're so, so important. Uh, with Boyd, you find out that he, he was a security guard and, um, he, he wound up getting fired. And it kind of—he didn't take it very well, and he wound up burning the place he got fired from down. And then you find another one where um, he got hired as a security guard for this insane asylum. While he was in the insane asylum, yeah. Um, We should also
2: because because we almost every game we play, we have to bring up my judgments on collectibles for lore. Thank
0: you. Um, Uh, The Kwasnicki test.
2: The, yeah, the Kwasnicki test, the, the, the Jason
0: test. I'm sorry, the, I Jason actually, test. the Jason test. I
2: actually think this is one of the better ones. I I still don't like that. In order to really understand what's going on in any given level, you do need to see all of them, and like I mean, all of them. So because some of them, the first ones you'll get are misleading until you read the later ones and understand the full context. Because Dang. it might be it, it might be an it might be an untrustworthy narrator narrator type of situation. I would say
0: the only one that's untrustworthy is Oleanders. I think it's more so that they're all too. Yeah, that, that that that's a good point. That's um, true. You're right.
2: But um but in terms of how they're actually implemented, I love that they're just little picture books that take a few seconds to flip through. It's like five pictures. You're being fed it's a visual video games are a visual medium, you're being fed the information visually and processing it very quickly and you as opposed to having to read giant paragraphs like a novel or an essay, like you just flip through a few pages, see the pictures, you get the story, bam, you get some background knowledge. Yeah, And I, and I like how it's tied in like lore wise. There's a reason for that because these are literally vaults with people's memories in it, in their brain. Um, it, it's just very well executed. So I do
0: like, I, I did really like that. And I guess this, this is a good opportunity for me to to jump into the collectibles and how, uh intelligently I think most of them are implemented. So those memory vaults are basically viewfinders and and you just kinda click yeah, you click through the memories and you get all the information you need just from just from the pictures that they show. It's uh it's really smart. The figments. They're figments of someone's imagination. Most of them are fitting for the p- situation they're in. Like um C- Coach Oleanders has like a bunch of like war uh things all throughout uh, and also, monsters strewn about for some reason. Um, but, like, Mia's has, like, lots of party stuff, and Sasha's has just lots of, like, tacky items and stuff from his history. Um, the Waterloo level has, like, apples, apple figments sitting in the trees, and if you, like, whack the trees, they fall out, and you can collect them. Um, and mm-hmm. lots of other, like, war stuff in that level, too. Uh, It's just really cool how they incorporated the figments into the world uh, and collecting them helps you rank up. But like we'll talk about progression when we get there. But I just I just think the collectibles are so intelligently implemented Uh, cobwebs, mental cobwebs. They're just like in dusty corners of the mind, maybe trying to hide something away. Um, Emotional baggage, emotional baggage. That is so fucking cool. You have to sort through someone's emotional baggage. And that one, I think, has the best reward. It gives you concept art which can be yeah. really fucking interesting to, to to look through. It's it's great. It's really, really great. And also
1: silly. Also silly. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. not just like intelligent. It's also mad funny how you like the little tag rubs against the bag and then a little tune yeah. plays and uh, the bag's not crying anymore. It's happy. It's so silly. You could skip the- it. I skipped it, but it was It's a also a good answer.
2: design element that you know one's in the area because you can hear
0: it crying.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Um... The
0: uh, the only other thing I'll say about collectibles, uh, well, a couple things. Uh, the the real world collectibles I felt were lacking, except for one specific thing. Well, I thought psy cards and psy challenge markers made no sense. It it felt like they just needed something to help you rank up, and you had to put some effort into it. And stylistically, they didn't really fit. Like, I don't really know what playing cards have to do with ranking up your psychic level. Um what the, the psi cores, the eyeballs, how that fits in. It's kind of nonsensical to me. It fits with the aesthetic, but it doesn't really fit with the theme, if that makes sense. And yeah. then yeah. The, the arrowheads as a currency because the summer camp is built on an ancient psychic Indian burial ground or whatever. Yeah. Is, <laughs> you know, it's it's funny. Well, it's I thought sort of like I thought... A, I thought...
2: I thought in reality, like an asteroid crashed or something like that.
0: Well, the titanium was underneath the Indian burial ground. Yeah, and the air oh, became you. like okay. soaked with titanium or whatever, or like infused with titanium because of that titanium underneath the ground. Um, it's it's a funny little contrived way to g- give you some sort of con- uh, currency like that. I think the only collectible in, in real in the real world space that was genuinely fantastic was the scavenger hunt items Mm. Um, because each one has like flavor text a lot of them are puzzles that you have to solve in order to collect them like in the in the kids cabin area there's a there's a hidden uh tunnel you can find and in there is just this random refrigerator and inside the refrigerator is the turkey sandwich but it's frozen in a block of ice so you yeah. need to go back when you have pyrokinesis to melt the ice, and boom, you have your first yeah. scavenger item. You have the turkey. A lot sandwich. of a lot of
2: Zelda-like elements. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. Like there's a there's a minor skull in the GPC area, um, and that's like kind of stuck in a geyser. So you 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 have to go back when you have the shield to prevent the other geyser from coming up. So it sh- the pressure shoots the skull out. Um, like you need the comic book down, down by the, the,
2: the lake. Cover. Yeah, the, com- you, the comic book you need levitation to get up high enough, yeah.
0: Yeah, and like the um like the golden acorn, you need invisibility because the squirrel always grabs it. So if you go and grab it while you're invisible, the squirrel can't <laughs> you, you beat the squirrel to it. Like that mm. shit I genuinely love. I think I wish the game had ironically, I wish it had more of that and less of the sci cards. Like, if it was, like, a huge scavenger hunt and you needed to get all, like, all these things and this massive scavenger hunt to fully rank up, I think that would have been much better than getting these sci cards. Uh, personally, I, I just wasn't... I, I never really understood the purpose of those other than to rank up. It just feels like... Yeah. Like, it's, like, the one thing in this game that I feel is kind of... I hate to use this word, but lazy. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't seem like it has much it doesn't have much thematic purpose. uh in, yeah. it, which is a shame when you consider everything else that has such a great thematic purpose. Mm-hmm. um so yeah, that's that's what i have to say about that. um let, let, let's talk about let's talk about level proper. levels proper. Uh, what what was your guys's what was your favorite level, uh Jason? Let's, oh. what was your favorite level? uh the Waterloo level
2: by far. It had, and I think I think the reason it was my favorite, aside from the creativity of, like, the character is dealing with the pressure of his... Um, he's the, the character whose mind you're going into is a long, long descendant of Napoleon. Um, so in his mind, he is having... He's playing a board game, like a war game, like Risk or something, with Napoleon himself. And you have to go down onto the board game... And move pieces around. You have to get pieces and obtain them. You're utilizing a good chunk of your powers. Um, there's almost no platforming. Um, and there's a very small amount towards the end, but it's not
0: that bad. I'm letting, um, you, if you want to find everything in that level, there's a shit ton of challenging platforming. Yeah, <laughs> I mean,
2: I, yeah, I, I, know, like, I know, I know. You're tar- you're talking about like Napoleon's castle at the end, right?
0: Well. I'm i I'm, I'm talking about like getting the baggage and finding the figments and stuff. There's lot there's lots of oh, oh. in that level if you want to seek out the, the, the collectibles and stuff.
1: The extra stuff. Did you find but,
0: the memory vaults in that level, Jason?
2: Um I found one of them where he's in like high school or whatever and he's kinda of like the Chad and then he loses a game uh, so, to the guy who operates the elevator.
0: So it wasn't high school. Fred was Fred was one of the orderlies at the asylum, and I kind of uh, I kind of got that by the end, yeah. And the guy the guy that's handling the elevator was one of the patients, and Fred plays the game with him. He beats Fred, and Fred can't handle that the the, the fact that one of the patients at the asylum gotcha. beat him in that game, and that's what leads to his. To hit him gotcha. going crazy and basically See, This is, this is what
2: I mean by earlier, and that you you need to actually find all the stuff for it to make total sense. My my just I I just thought that um he was a guy who was like a Chad and kind of lost the board game and went crazy because he kept I mean, losing he, the board game.
0: In a way, he was at the very least, he was someone with uh, an amount of control at the at the asylum, yeah. and then he loses that, and he can't handle that. Um. Yeah. And so it's, But it's
2: overall, it was just my favorite level because again, it was very creative. Yeah, um, you're 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 using all your abilities to play this board game, and I love the fact that the 1812 Overture is playing in the background. Like, just mm-hmm. it, very well done. Um, I, I think the only the close runner up would be um, the Kaiju level, the whatever when you're freeing the lung, fish,
0: Lungfishopolis?
2: Lungfish yeah, lung lungfish it reminded me of Godzilla destroy all monsters. Oh my god, yeah, yeah, the
1: music too, yeah, <laughs> it was spot on. And,
0: yeah, and which and came out on. around the same time. Yeah, <laughs> whenever we see the word freedom, Katie always, uh, she always thinks of and references Braveheart. The end of the end of Braveheart.
3: Mm. Yeah.
0: Ever since the, playing this game as a child, anytime I I see the word freedom, I think of the lungfish in that level going
1: freedom
0: freedom freedom. i always think of that
1: that was funny (laughs) Um, Uh,
0: delilah what's your what's your favorite level
1: well i just wanted to say something about the waterloo level oh first of all the level design in this game is so advanced for its time it's pretty brilliant it does some things that like mario galaxy did with like the panning around of of the level especially in sasha's level where like Mm -hmm. you can like go like below it and above it and, and things like that um and the like winding and twistiness of it um but the, with the waterloo level it reminded me a little bit of maquette which is a puzzle game that came out earlier oh, this year God. where like if you if you jump up high enough that all of a sudden you, your character's is bigger and you have like a different perspective not that you have to change the perspective in a in a puzzle type way like you did in maquette but just the perspective of like the little diorama and then you're in that world reminded actually... me a lot of that and it,
0: there's mm-hmm. um there's a building in the Waterloo game where if you find it and you you find the uh the window of the building you see Fred and Napoleon inside there. Uh,
1: so yeah wait, yeah I right, did with, I did see that yeah with the
0: maquette yeah the maquette thing is like spot on.
1: Yeah, which is pretty brilliant because I thought that was a really cool concept throughout that game, and to see that implemented in 2005 in this one specific level is is just very very creative. Um, my favorite though is the Milkman Conspiracy. I don't think that's a surprise, though, like just the winding and the twisting, and it had like all of the classic like paranoid schizophrenic like data points, like the you know cameras coming out of everything and people peeking through everywhere um and then having to find the different items to access certain areas that were like under patrol uh, that level to me was just absolutely brilliant and and um the most visually appealing and and also eerie for some reason like the, like yeah. that's when i was like oh my god this is kind of like a horror game a little bit if
2: i do not uh, water these vegetables they will die
0: <laughs> this is uh the milkman conspiracy is my favorite level too it's it's really it's the fan favorite level uh and it's the one that you know it's the one that everyone references i am the milkman my milk is delicious you'll always have like psychonauts fans quoting that um but yeah it, milkman, it's, drought it's, has
1: ended. <laughs> i love that it's just yeah
0: it's the it's that level is the perfect encapsulation of the blend of the 3d platformer and the point and click adventure uh genres that this game is trying to combine because it has it has platforming and and, and adventure um and i think i also think it's um uh, i i it's it might be my it might have my favorite boss fight from a creativity standpoint um i'll I'll talk about that shortly but yeah yeah, it it, it has the 3d platforming and then it also has the you have to find the uh the uh, an item to find the way forward and you have to figure out what you have to do in order to find that item and 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 There's lots of items that you wind up getting in that level that all serve different purposes or allow you entry to certain places, and it's just very, very... I got stuck on that level for the longest time as a kid. And now, again, Mm. like like we were talking about earlier, the first time you play will always be the longest because you're finding the way forward. I breezed through it this time, and I almost wish that I got lost in it because it's just such a clever level, and it's just so smart in its design and it's so smart in it's aesthetics and style uh it's so f- it it and it's a re- it's a real turning point for the game right i mean longfishopolis is 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 the is the true is the true turning point right it's the first world that you enter that isn't an instructor it's it's the first world that you enter that is troubled um at least that you know is troubled um mm-hmm. and that that's a great level, but Milkman Conspiracy is 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 the first level. I mean, you spend the next um, four levels once you reach the asylum, going into the minds of uh of of patients, people, yeah, patients that, that that are at an asylum. So it it's it's a true turning point for the game, uh, and kind of what tells you what you're gonna be doing for the remainder of your time playing it. Um, yeah. and, and it's it's which yeah, it's it's brilliant. It's
1: really progressive for that time because I feel like a lot of games at that time that were exploring mental illness and like asylum settings did it in such a like stigmatizing kind of way. Like, and oh, I they're crazy like, and evil and dangerous. These were like just people games, that fucking had issues.
0: And I feel like not many games even tried, you know, to 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 explore, yeah. explore stuff like that. But you're right; it, a lot of it was stigmatized and has and and has been up until I would say the past uh probably probably the better part of a decade. But yes, I cannot yeah, Psychonauts just yeah. I'll I'll always sing its praises for for stuff like that, for its level design, how how and how the aesthetics kind of match the level you're in and the person that you're that you're diving into the brain of. Um yeah, I, what was your
2: I, I I love uh I love that level the milkman level like on paper i just got so frustrated in it because i was constantly like i just constantly did not know was because every house is, with few exceptions every house is identical has the same yeah. color door yeah, so like i like... just kept losing where i was but i agree with you that overall i love the concept and i i was enjoying myself with the characters and and the concept of the world and it's the, like, the monotone voice of the ins and all that yeah
0: it's like 1950s suburbia it's like levittown all yeah. of the
2: assassins the are looking so into the barrel of their guns yeah.
3: yeah yeah
0: yeah and all the yeah all the spies yeah they're they're just like they're they're very clearly spies. i mean even from their just their appearance but they have items that they don't really know what to do with and like you want like I, I i love walking into the graveyard and like you, you'll hear them say when you have your flowers, and like I see you are a grieving widow. I will give you your space. And you see like one guy like jamming out on the flowers as if it's a guitar. Yeah. Like they're totally. And if you use
1: clairvoyance on them, you see the grieving widow.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um yeah. And, and, um, go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. No. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. No.
1: I, I was going to add something else, but finish uh, your thought.
0: No, no. 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 I. I. I have no thought. Go ahead.
1: Oh. Okay. No. I was just going to say just the. Like it was frustrating trying to find these items when, like you said, Jason, every house looks the same. But I feel like that that like level of disorganization that 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 he had, um, with the level twisting and stuff like that. But in this suburban, seemingly comfortable, everything's the same, everything's all cushy, was just like a very interesting dichotomy to see in one person's mind. I I just and adored it uh, because of that.
0: And I I also how do you really... feel so
1: comfortable while being watched? It's weird
0: yeah uh and i also really like like i alluded to earlier i really like the boss of that level um because you have to she throws things at you and you have to use telekinesis to throw them back at her but then she turns off the lights and she can see in the dark but you can't what are you supposed to do you have to use clairvoyance on her and see yourself from her perspective in order to beat the boss and i Loved that. I always loved yeah. that. I thought. I. I think it's one of the most creative uses of powers in a boss fight uh, in the entire game, if not the most creative. Or cre- totally most creative. So good I, lord.
2: I agree with you on paper. Um, this is actually the only boss fight that. It's funny. It's your favorite. It's. It's the only boss fight that I actively disliked. Um, the reason being was specifically because of one thing. So you have to kind of come up on the stairs in order to be in range to levitate the bo- the cookie box bombs and throw the back at her. Now, at certain points in the fight, after the point where it turns off the lights, so you have to um, use, use clairvoyance. the clairvoyance, it will turn the clairvoyance off. So it's essentially RNG whether or not you'll fall off of the um, the stairs because you'll usually be right on the edge of the stairs. Wait, what turns the clairvoyance um, off? At certain points in the fight, after after you've used clairvoyance, she might jump and it's ran, it's completely random. It will turn the it clairvoyance off,
0: off. It turned off your clair. That 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 never happened for me. That might be a that might be maybe PS4 maybe. I
1: was gonna say maybe it just wasn't like on a cooldown or so because there is a cooldown for the Clairvoyance. Isn't oh, there? I didn't uh, realize there's a cooldown.
0: For clairvoy- the clairvoyance is not cla- clairvoyance doesn't have a cooldown. It I think it might I think oh, it okay. might might have just been a bug on that version for some reason.
3: Mm. Maybe I
0: don't.
2: I don't know. That's that, that that's really the only thing. The only I mean, I could see, have with it. Could, the the I other thing see, well, was that would
0: be really frustrating, so.
2: The other thing was that because of the fixed camera angle when you are using clairvoyance, it's hard to tell the range for yeah. um telekinesis to the bo- yeah. the uh, boxes. But uh, but again, that we already went over the camera stuff like
0: Yeah. yeah. And I, the I only had thing with that too. So don't don't think that I didn't have that issue. I did. I guess that just says a lot about how much I like that boss fight and, and the things you have to do in order to again,
2: like I said, it's an awesome, it's it's awesome, uh, an awesome con- concept in on paper. Yeah. Um, it just it didn't fully like I and I had I still had fun playing the boss. Like it's yeah, it's just it's the only one where like I I, I
0: had active issues with it. Gotcha. Delilah, what did, what were you gonna say?
1: I was going to say the only thing about that level that bothered me related to sort of bosses was, like, those little... I don't even know what it was that I was fighting, but you had to fight something, like, every once in a while. Like, when you had to climb the telephone oh, yeah. pole, I think. That was the, the only thing that I was like, why am I doing this?
0: And, you know, I, I kind of was wondering that, too, in this recent playthrough. I Where I was like... Because that, that doesn't happen in any other level. um. So it it's not like you can pin that as, like, well, it's because Boyd is is he's he's uh clinically insane so like there's something in his mind that's constantly trying to attack you or whatever like you can't even really make that argument when it doesn't happen in gloria fred or edgar's minds um i'm kind of just chalking it up to i i kind of just talked it up to the fact that there are no enemies in that level there's, like, ostensibly no combat until the final boss, so I I feel mm-hmm. like they just felt like they needed to put some form of combat in the level, and I almost wish that they hadn't, because it, like, while it was a clever encounter, I liked the encounter, it just didn't really make sense where it was placed, and it was placed two to yeah. three times, you know? It just didn't really make much sense. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I I I think I I I I don't actually know why those were placed in there. I and I I probably should have done some research on it, but um, yeah. If if you if you happen to do some research or you happen to know, leave leave a comment. Let us know. Um. Let's let uh, uh real quick. Besides the meat circus, what was everybody's least favorite level?
1: I'd say the theater. I don't know. It just, yeah, like...
2: the theater because the platforming to get to the Phantom. Um,
0: I probably. wouldn't even say. Well, that, that that's 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 a fair point. Um, I think, I think it's the theater for me too, just because it all kind it mostly takes place in the same area, and I do like the idea of switching the stages and then switching the moods for the stages and whatnot to kind of get different areas of the level, yes. so to speak. But uh, I don't know. It's it's very creative. It just didn't. It wasn't. It, it wasn't my favorite. Um, yeah. Almost every it other was the level. same.
2: Yeah, it's the same thing with like it, it always came down to platform. What 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 levels emphasize platforming over puzzles? Like I loved the puzzles in in the theater. Uh, I hated the platforming section. It was the same thing with Edgar's. Where I love the idea of like going in and out of these paintings to get around the city. Oh my you know,
1: god, yeah! And
2: buying different paintings from people on the street and hanging them up to solve the puzzles. I hate bull, um, because especially with the hitbox, because I couldn't tell the hitbox is yeah. not directly on you; it's yeah. really big. Sometimes it almost feels like it lags behind you. Um, so like I will fit my actual character model will be behind a wall, but i somehow still get caught by the bull. and right. You know, push back so it you know that kind of thing just frustrated me i think
1: that was actually I, one of my other favorite levels the the, the luchador one because black, of the colors
2: wrestling
0: fights yeah. yeah yeah um yeah and that's another one that's really it's really cool when you learn what's actually got, like, yes uh like like jason mentioned earlier about how that one yeah th- you're absolutely right that level does have an unreliable narrator with the memories and stuff because he's kind of He's kind of in denial, um, and and he's kind of and he's just so um, torn up about this breakup with his girlfriend. And you you think that it's this much more romantic story than it actually is. And it's just like he was the high school wrestling uh, champ, and his girlfriend left him for a male cheer, cheerleader, and he was so torn up about it. And you're all I was so the- mad at
2: her. <laughs> I <'cause laughs> I liked the- Edgar so much.
0: Yeah, Edgar's yeah. a cool guy. And like all the uh all the wrestlers you fight were the other members of his wrestling team um that like mm-hmm. just like bullied like bullied and were so mad at him after after he blew the big match um and and when mm-hmm. you come to finally learn that it's it's just it it pays off really well um and it, it's just super super clever. Uh that the, the thing I don't like about that level is just it's very it's very labyrinthine and there's not really an easy way sometimes to know where you are and thus where yeah. you have to go to get back yeah. on on track. Um but it I do I the aesthetics of that level are so good and It's so pretty. The overall like theme of the level is very very cool.
2: I think I think one thing they did do a good job and that was giving you good teleportation options.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah through like even though most of the level takes place on that single that single street um there's plenty of like once you as you go further down you unlock more more shortcuts and whatnot to to get you yeah. to where you yeah. want to go it's just some the, like there's other side streets that you can take that lead to some pretty big paths that can, mm-hmm. can kind of get lost in especially if you go into the sewer um there's a few paths you can take down there one leads to like a secret area um yeah Alright, back after some technical difficulties. Let's finish this. Uh, One of the last things I want to talk about. The combat. How did we feel about the combat?
1: Where I started to hate it was at Sasha's level. Um, Actually, that's the first level that there's combat, so I guess I hated it immediately. And and part of this was because of the level, like how it pans around one cube. Um, My my gun kept shifting, like my camera kept shifting to the other side. Once again, complaints about the camera, common theme in this episode. Um, mm. I feel like anytime combat didn't involve using your psi powers to figure out a puzzle of whatever boss or enemy you were fighting, it was kind of just like annoying. Yeah. Or, uh, you know not very satisfying either yeah
0: the enemies like like i brought up earlier there's not really much in the way of variety most of what you're fighting is sensors they don't really change up very much you don't really need to find creative uses of your power you can't use them like you can throw like i feel like the biggest issue is like telekinesis in general doesn't it's much more of a puzzle solving tool when it could have been much more than that and I feel like yep. they tried to make it as if like in the tutorial you have for telekinesis, Kruller tries to make it out like it can be used as a combat move, but there's really not many uses for it outside of puzzle solving.
3: Yeah. Um, and uh,
2: there are some like in uh, going back to the Edgar level, and you use it in the boss fight to yeah, throw the spears, it, which yeah. I thought was awesome. I'm putting but boss the, thing, fights the, in the problem totally was a separate
0: is... camp because boss oh, fights okay. are totally different encounters than just general enemies. Um, b- boss fights in this game especially are much more supposed to be like puzzle, puzzle-like puzzle encounters yeah. where you have to use your powers in creative ways. But general enemies, like there isn't much variety that requires you to figure out creative uses for them. Like, yeah, you can set shit on fire, but like... Is that the most creative thing we can do with your powers?
2: When it comes to combat, I mean, again, this might just be like how old the game is because... <clears throat> Maybe I've just become over-reliant on games always having, like, a roll or dodge function. <laughs> um But if you're not locked onto an enemy, like, you can't tap X to do, like, the, you know, jump back, dodge, whatever you want to call it. Um, oh, you can that press the jump
0: button. Oh, you mean unless unless you're locked onto the enemy.
2: Yeah, to so, to, okay, to dodge and back. attack, yeah. So, like, and, and a lot of times, just because of the nature of the design of the camera and whatnot um or whatever kind of attack i'm using I, I won't be locked on um i i guess the early on i'll agree that when you don't have a lot of options the combat kind of feels um restrained or i'm sorry uh, not not restrained uh, uh underwhelming um especially because you run out early on you run out of ammo so much and this game has a weird thing with ammo regeneration where for some reason when you're out of ammo it will never drop ammo when you break stuff, and when you ha- are full of ammo, it will only drop ammo <laughs> and like when you need health, it doesn't drop health like I don't understand the algorithm behind that, but uh maybe it was just my experience, I don't know, but um yeah, by the en- towards the end of the game, I actually found combat to become even more enjoyable, probably just because I had more options um yeah. and yeah. because i i upgraded sufficiently enough where like my side blast would ricochet off everybody yeah. and it would almost feel like ratchet and clank in a way where like you know early on like it's like whatever you're just shooting a gun but by the end of the game you're blowing shit up and throwing grenade you know you're doing all this stuff
1: mm-hmm. yeah there's um i this game could have been good without any combat a period like with the little enemies in the le- like they they didn't really need to be there and the game would have been sufficient
2: just but the boss the- fights yeah
1: just the boss fights yeah but it does remind me like the 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 powers and stuff like that reminds me of a game I recently played called Scarlet Nexus where it could have used those uh those powers the, the pyrokinesis and the psychokinesis to fight enemy like enemies in creative puzzle type ways um but i guess this game just limited it to boss fights but I still think they could have used those powers interestingly, like they did in Scarlet Nexus, yeah, which I, is a completely different game, but with similar elements. Uh,
0: I, as someone that played that too, I I totally see what you're saying because, like, well, a lot of a lot of Scarlet Nexus is, pa- uh, like combat is, um, like using those abilities in in combat situations where it calls for them, like enemies that move super fast, so you have to use hyper velocity to move super fast too. Yeah, so you can match their speed uh enemies mm-hmm. that are like um uh water types so you imbue yourself with electricity so you can electrocute them and shit like there that. would be like, like
1: some enemies that would hide and you had to turn invisible in order to attack yeah, them
0: i think um i think that the, yeah the the, the problem the, the the problem with this game was a lot of the, the there were only eight powers right and I, I already know, like, there's a new power that's getting introduced, like, super early in Psychonauts 2 that could lead to more interesting, like, uh, more interesting puzzle solving and more interesting combat. Um, but with the the powers that you have in this first game, like, a lot of them don't lend themselves very well to combat situations. They mostly lend themselves uh, to puzzle solving. Puzzle solving, yeah. Um, so, I think I and 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 if if like there is one that could do both, it's the way it's designed, like telekinesis in this case is what I'm mostly talking about. The way it's designed, uh it doesn't lend itself well to combat. Um I I I was just thinking like how cool it would be to have like the telekinesis of like control. Well, that, I was just going to say that. Yeah, like that like to me that is like the perfect use of telekinesis in like both a puzzle-solving way and and a combat way because you like you can get so power trippy in that game with that power just constantly grabbing and flinging shit at, at, at enemies. Um, I wouldn't
2: be surprised if they if they do just rip that straight out of control.
1: Well, from, yeah, from... well. In all games that have telekinesis, it's so fun, like Bioshock, even Scarlet Nexus, like it's just so fun that you can have a shitty game. But if you have telekinesis and you could just hurl shit <laughs> enemies. It's gonna be fine. Like, it's gonna get a rating higher higher than you know, it would I do, uh, without it. I,
2: I do like with the telekinesis that you can just grab people, and that comes up in boss fights, like yeah. with with the the luchadors and in uh, Edgar. Like, you, you can just grab them, throw them down, oh, yeah. and beat the shit out of them. Yeah.
0: And, that, and what's funny about that is, you know, we're talking so much shit on like creative use of powers and it not having enough of it. I actually didn't even know you could do that, but it totally totally makes sense. You could do that. My main strategy for the luchadors was like. Uh, I would, I would light them on fire and then I'd also turn invisible and like let them charge. And then once they fell over, I would go and beat them up a little bit. And I kept doing that. Um, I'll also say with regards to the power, uh, powers in combat, you get confusion way too late in the game yes Um, not getting it until black velvetopia basically makes it useless there's there's Mm -hmm. like what else are you going to use the the power on it's for that level and there's like 40 there's
2: like 40 minutes left in the game yeah yeah.
0: you could use it you have to use it in that level a couple times and then you could maybe use it in the meat circus a few times and that's it unless you go like unless you're not like me and you didn't like get most of the collectibles on your first time going through a lot of the levels like, if you have to go back and you want to explore more, like, yeah, you could use it then, but like, you get it so late in the game, it just sucks. The average player yeah. isn't going to go back and do all that stuff. So, and I, yeah.
1: I feel like, I hope Psychonauts 2 has, like, a end boss or something. Like, the last boss would have probably been so much more interesting if you had to use every single power. Like, in this phase of the boss, you use this power and this power. In the second stage, you, you know, where mm-hmm. it forces you to use all your powers yeah. so you feel like a true Psychonaut. That, yeah. Whereas this one is just like, okay, turn big. Yeah, the first,
2: the first fight with the butcher, you're literally just platforming on to beat his head. I mean, yeah, yeah. you... You, if, you might need to use the shield to block against his cleaves, but yeah. Other than that,
0: yeah. yeah. Um. All right. I mean, is there anything else you guys want to talk about that we haven't talked about? Is or are we good to move on to the to the final question?
2: Mm-hmm. I think we covered everything. Yeah.
0: Yeah. This is, this is a bit of a cheeky one, but you guys liked this game, right? Like, you don't regret agreeing to play this game, do you?
1: (laughs) There were some moments that I was like...
2: Last night, I was gonna... Yeah, (laughs) last night... If you asked me this question last night before I gave it a full think-through over the course of today while I was working, um, I I would have been more upset and the Jason Kwasnicki writing would have been much lower. But after, like, calming down and actually thinking (laughs) about it like i and analyzing it i i I realized that for most of the game i was really enjoying it way more than i was annoyed by it um it was really that last um those last final areas and and bosses that i was really uh getting hyper frustrated
0: yeah i'm 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 glad that uh I'm glad that the, the pros outweighed the cons, right? Yes, um, I think so. Yeah, because like I
2: said, like I said earlier, this is this is not a death stranding scenario.
0: Like like I said, it this is this is a top ten video game for me, but I definitely know it's not without its faults. Like it, it is not a perfect video game, but all the good things about it just they just mean so much more than all the bad things.
1: All that, mm-hmm. all that creative DNA and concept, I just want to see done so well in Psychonauts too. Like that, that is what will really make me feel like, okay, I know where this came from, and I'm glad I played it. I'm so glad that it's growing in this direction because it yeah. has so much potential to be like a real top tier game. Yes. Um if it fixes the gameplay and the and the platforming and combat. And really, it's
2: definitely it's- worth playing to, especially to understand why it has such a cult following. Um, yeah. yeah.
0: Um and and it's like it's not even just like exclusive to the series, right? Like the, the a lot of that DNA is just in that studio. It's just with Double Fine. I mm-hmm. mean, Double Fine put up a Kickstarter in 2012 was it was 2011 or 2012 to make another point and click adventure game and it got funded in less than a day. Because people oh, know man. Tim Schafer and know the creative the the creative uh formula within that studio is so strong, uh because of games like Psychonauts and because of the games that uh, that Tim Schafer made at Lucas Arts, but uh, and and other games that Tim Schafer's made uh or that that they've made at Double Fine since Psychonauts, like Brutal Legend, you know that that's another game that has a huge. Oh right.
2: man that's a game if we can we got to go back and, and do i've, some I've time. never
0: actually i've never actually played it so that would be i'd be I'd i've be never beat it but i
2: did play it. yeah i like that
0: game i would i would be amenable <laughs> to it um okay uh jason what's the kwasnicki rating and let's wrap this bad boy up
2: i'm gonna give it a solid seven bottles of milk
1: nice
0: <laughs> jason jason is the milkman. remember
1: that's actually higher than I thought you were gonna go. yeah,
2: I was originally I was. gonna do six I was originally gonna do six and a half, um but again, like I said, um for most of the game, the platforming isn't that prevalent, it's really towards the end um like again my my initial reaction upon beating it was much worse than when I actually took a step back and thought about the game and its totality um and I definitely don't think it's a bad game. I wouldn't say it's an average game. It's definitely an above-average game. Remember, five is average. Maybe I would give it a six. Originally, I was going to give it a six and a half bottles of milk, but um, I think back on a lot of the character, the charming aesthetics, and story, and um, and and the puzzle elements. It, it definitely comes together in that ways. The issues with the platforming also
1: the character design we didn't really talk about that but they're all so quirky looking i yeah
0: yeah Yeah, i mean look we could sit here for another hour talking about like yeah especially (laughs) how like the how the character design they're all so unique and they fit their personality so well so it's like very distinctive like who's who and what they're like and and um we could sit here and talk about the music and how fitting that is in so many places um we we gotta wrap this yeah
1: up. <laughs> no there was also there's one thing i have to say because i That's don't know tough. if you guys noticed but if you punch the guy with like the big hair uh he's like oh sorry i'm grateful that you're challenging me to a fight but i only <laughs> want to fight a bear because like you could just punch oh, characters the in this game and they all react to it
2: the russian guy yeah
0: there's so many there's <laughs> so was... many things you can do to so many characters and they all have like unique reactions and things to say it's it's, it's, yeah. It's if silly. if you really yeah. listened to this whole episode and haven't played Psychonauts, like, go play Psychonauts. It, like,
1: play it, but also don't play it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, play it maybe up until you get to the music. Play surface, it knowing you're going to hate things. And then, yeah, play it knowing that you're especially going to hate the final level. I, like, I don't, the, no one likes that level. It's just rough. Okay. Yeah. Delilah, what, what you working on? What you doing?
1: I've, i been streaming uh twitch.tv/slash Assassin underscore on yeah. uh returnal videos are coming out, even though I finished it, but they're rolling out yeah. uh as a full playthrough. And yeah, just re- reviews and stuff are out. But I started playing Death's Door today, that was dope. So I'll oh, probably be cool. playing more of that so... after. Well, alongside Skyward Sword. Yeah, um, so all
0: right, cool. Yeah, Jason, you're not doing
2: anything. Yo, y'all can find me. On uh, the Genova server of Final Fantasy 14 right now. <laughs> My name is currently Leon Squallheart. It will be changing though. I will update y'all what, yeah. what the name will change to.
0: J- Jason and I <laughs> are getting bit by the, the Final Fantasy 14 bug again. I have been playing yeah, as you well. You and
1: everyone else. Yeah. well Well, we had been
2: playing beforehand but now we're really right right
0: before it was cool totally totally. exactly be fair (laughs) yeah i've been playing i've been playing since the game came out and i've just literally never been caught up and this is the first endwalker coming is the first time where i'm like i have to catch up i want to be in there on the ground floor like i'm gonna i'm gonna commit myself to that
2: mark got Um, me into it like shortly before stormblood so i'm 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 not one of those newbies who's coming in and being like, oh, World of Warcraft sucks. I'm going to play Final Fantasy. Yeah.
0: Um, if you liked this episode of Reap the Spoils, if you're watching on YouTube, thank you. Like the episode. Subscribe to the channel if you're not already. If uh, you some, tell us what you liked and didn't like in the comments, talk to us in the comments. You know, engage with us. We love it. We love to hear your feedback. Um, we
1: know you're listening yeah we know it we see we the numbers it's to
0: you uh if you if you listen <laughs> the on man apple, sees everything if you if you're listening on apple podcast uh please rate and review the show five stars preferred tell us what you like tell us what you didn't like uh i cannot tell you how much it means to me if you do any of that like please please do it Talk to us. You could talk to us on Twitter, too. Well, not Jason, but you could talk to me on Twitter at Nibbleheim, and you could talk to Delilah on Twitter at Asasina underscore sign. You could talk to Jason on Twitter at SolidQuaz, but you'd basically be talking to a brick fucking wall because he doesn't, he doesn't do anything on there. He doesn't use it. Um, and yeah, share the episode. Follow us in the places and the things. And uh, yeah, the next game, S- Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword or scheduling pending Ghost of Tsushima is getting its director's cut content and we are going to play that new content and probably do a brief discussion about it. I don't know which one's going to come first. So yeah, uh, I guess just stay tuned and yeah. Thanks it'll be for similar listening.
2: to what we did with uh Bioshock.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It'll, it'll be like that. It'll be like a supplement thing, but yeah. Thanks for mm-hmm. listening.
2: Bye. Bye. Bye everybody.